Okay, hello and welcome uh, back to the podcast. This is Ryan. This is Jose. And today we're going to talk about God. And we have a lot of thoughts on God and want to share them with you. Hopefully they will be well articulated, but talking about God is actually harder sometimes than really knowing and, and understanding who God is. So, but before we get into all that, Jose, man, how have you been doing? I've been doing real good. We just had a bazaar yesterday, and of course you were there. Saturday we had a dinner over at the Right to Life Foundation. Ted Cruz and his dad were there, and what else? Uh, it, it, it was it was a real nice experience. You learn a lot about your right to life and uh, the organizations that are out there trying to help. I uh, was actually invited to go to that. But, so a buddy of mine used to work for the Right for Life, and he's like, oh, yeah, they still give me tickets. You want some? Really? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, all right, so here's what happened to me Saturday. I signed up a long time ago to be a part of what's called a um, – Festival of Modules. It's a thing the Archdiocese does to get people trained to help other people become catechists or teachers in the faith. Uh, and I've been doing this thing for a year now where right. I've been going to these different trainings and I finally had the opportunity to become what's called a facilitator, a module facilitator. But it was all day. I had to drive in Houston from eight to three, basically. So what are you like watching everybody else? So the first section was about learning why this is important, why what are we doing, what's the educational philosophy behind everything. Then the second portion was actually going to another module that we had been to before, but now we're going to it as facilitators, learning how to facilitate the module. And then the third part of it was just talking about the logistics behind doing all this. So knowing all that I was going to be a part of this all day thing, as soon as I was invited to the Right to Life dinner, I was like, man, it's going to be such a long week. No, I can't do it. Yeah, and then the next day we had the bazaar. And then on top yeah. of that, it's a long night there. I don't think we got out of there until like 10 o'clock. So. Which, uh, the Right to Life dinner? Yeah, the dinner. So it, it's it's a it's a good experience, like I say, to go and hear all these people talk about it. But uh, yeah, you would have been there an extra five or six hours for sure. Man, that is rough. I don't think I could have done it. And I told my buddy that I was like, look, I bet it's going to be really good. I bet the food's going to be awesome. But I just don't want to do it. You know, <laughs> I just need to go home and chill because Sunday was awesome. We had this bazaar here at St. John the Baptist, like Jose was saying. And the CCE department, and this is my first time doing it. Well, we host this like children's section of it, which... Is really great. It's full of really nonsensical games that um, I think somebody just made up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, but the kids love it. <laughs> yesterday, I hadn't seen the wall, the, the rock wall. I hadn't seen the balloon the years before. So I think the change on the, the the church property was pretty good. Yeah. So um, the other thing, uh, I was in the turkey booth and in the beer booth, but hey, yeah. that was just a lot of a lot a lot of work, but. I'm, I just want a special shout out to all the guys that helped. Thank you. And then all the parishioners, too, that helped. So that's a Yeah, absolutely. A plus. Uh, to all of those who helped. Uh, we had a lot of high school students help us out in the in the kid area. And we also had a dunking booth. 
<laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> I didn't get to throw at anybody. Oh, me. really? Well, that's great because I was in it. And <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that was the nicest part of the whole day was sitting sure. in the donkey booth, getting cooled down by the water because, y'all, I got burned. I, I mean... The redness has pretty much gone away now, but I got really red yesterday. Yeah, was it was pretty hot. <laughs> yep, that was for sure. It was but it hot. was fun. It, there was a lot of people. Hopefully, we made a good uh, some, lump sum. What was it called? Uh, lump sum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we sold like probably 150 turkey legs. Holy smokes. Yeah, we started at 4 o'clock, but again, in the morning. 4 in the morning. Yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, well, so it was all—all all of it was really great. Uh, it's good to see all the families come out and and be a part of God's creation. And so, with that being said, let's talk about God. So today's episode is really designed to just discuss on the very basic level how we understand God, what do we know about Him, and also how do we experience God? Because often there's, I think, within us this 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 distinction or separation, I should say, between uh, what we know in our minds and how we really understand, you could say, in the heart, you know, uh, who God is. And so today we're talking about God, ideas about him, arguments for his existence, and what can we say about that experience? So my first question is, you know, when do you, when did you first turn to God or come to understand God, first and foremost? Well, I knew he was there for sure. <laughs> Like when? When you were five or? I'm, I'm going to guess once I got older, I didn't really look to God growing up. As I said before, we didn't go to church much. But it is something that uh, when you asked me the question the other day, I was like, wow, this is going to be a hard one. It's, yeah, it's, it's a hard question to answer. But I know he's our creator. He sent us his example of how he wants us to be. And I know he's part of that whole Trinity thing. But other than that, I mean, for me, he's like creator. What else can I say? It's a hard question to answer. I mean, yeah. it is really hard. I would say he's a creator of the universe, but I don't. I still don't understand that part either myself. So where it came from or who made it up, I don't know. <laughs> Is, has it been made up? I don't know. Is it uh, something that uh, I know the answer to? No, but <laughs> I know his son came here. We're following in his footsteps right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, I mean, that's a hard, a really hard question uh, to, a to be asked. And I'm sure everybody got asked that question, they'd have a hard time answering it too. Absolutely. Yeah. This is no walk in the park because it is hard. It's hard to really articulate in ourselves when do we come to know, for example, the concept of a triangle, right? It's a mathematical idea. It doesn't exist in real life. It's just something that we know through the mind, right? It's it's a higher, what we call a higher science. The mathematics is a high science. And the study of God or theology is the highest science. And so beyond understanding your concepts in math, the concepts of God, the ideas of God are even, I think, higher and sometimes harder to understand. However, we have a rich history in the Catholic Church, and we will talk a little bit about what is what is in the Catechism, but also what one of my favorite saints, St. Thomas Aquinas, has lined out. Now, I'm not going to go into 
detail because he has five ways in particular that we can talk about as proofs, if you will, for God's existence. However, they're a bit nuanced and there is plenty out there about the five ways of God. And if I could point you in a good direction, I would say check out Matt Fred on YouTube or his own podcast, Pints with Aquinas. He's got plenty of stuff out there. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but we're trying to get at least a very basic concept out there for anyone listening. Go ahead. So when you say math, is that where they, uh, is that why they, sh- they teach you to do trigonometry? I mean, because I don't know what that's for re- regardless. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, well, think about math, you know, it's like. Endless, right? It's endless, right? The concepts that you can, you can learn, the stuff that you learn is often, there's no real world example of. For example, I mean, I say a triangle, right? Have you ever seen a real triangle? And we know that it's object that has three sides and three right. three angles. Okay, and they those angles add up to 180, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's no possible way to make like the image of a triangle real unless you had like laser precise everything. But you know, there's even then there's there's gonna be some minute and I'm talking zero point zero 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 right exactly. like millimeter off that you're right off. yeah you know so there's it's not possible but the concept exists and we can know the idea of a triangle and we can think of it and we can use that to reason through perhaps making a bridge because we know that I got triangle no. I got triangular you. structures uh, are very strong but one of the things I learned a long time ago and. It's kind of something that's stuck in the back of my head is that there has been research to show that children have a concept of God, an image of God in their minds as early as two and three years old. And so when I'm here in CCE, I start with these kids in kindergarten, which is generally five years old. That's twice as as old as they are when they're already forming in their minds uh, who God is now. Why Why is this important? Good parents, God bless you. The, those of you who are trying really hard, your examples to your children is going to be the first example of a loving father, right? The who is God, right? But you almost kind of think sometimes that when you were, when you were young, well, God's going to be mad at you. God's going to be, God's going to make you uh, do this or that. If you don't behave, they make it seem like it was a, he was a, a something that, you couldn't be bad in front of, or he was like a police officer of some sort, you know? Well, and yeah, I mean, when parents, you get what I'm saying, first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying because like, it's tough. Parenting alone is tough and you're, you're trying to come up with some reason to get some, yeah, somebody to do something <laughs> or behave. Do to behave. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, my, my advice is never use the church or God as that thing to get someone in line because then you're you're creating God as the adversary, right? Exactly. Somebody who's against you, but he is always for and with you even in bad times, which is exactly how a parent, a loving parent would be to their child, right? Your child as early as two, let's say they cut themselves. Or, golly, I had a, had a <laughs> child today uh, in the, in the CCE building. He was 18 months old. Uh-huh. Mother was here, beautiful woman. She was just trying to sign sign up her her children 
uh, for First Communion, and and this boy was wild. I mean, this kid was running all over the place, and he was just right. He could not chill. Yeah, we had, we we had those. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so at one point, he tripped because he couldn't he couldn't walk on his two feet, even though he was running. I mean, this kid was all over the place. Right, right, and he right. hit his head on something, and I'm just like, look, Jesus. And it wasn't so bad. And I told the mom, and said, hey, I think he just hit his head, you know, and he's starting to cry. Yeah, he does it all the time, right? Yeah, well, she <laughs> she gets up, and she picks him up, and she tries to soothe him a little bit, and then he's fine. Gets off and starts running again. Well, like, he'll never understand, truly, like, <laughs> the amount of patience and love that went into that simple act, right? Not now. But hopefully that experience of a mom like that helps him understand the nurturing and loving careness that God has if she continues to act this way and, and, and treats him that way. And I, I believe she would, you know. And so it's no it's no mystery to me that, you know, when, when children come from parents— that really love and try their best to help their kids, those kids end up with a pretty solid concept of God and, and what we really believe God is. Now, there are plenty of parents that are distant from their children, and so for them, they think that God is a distant God that doesn't have a personal relationship with you. Right, right And right. so, So that's why I don't want to make this as an absolute, like only good parents create good children. Well, 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 I did get those questions when we were bringing up the kids, you know, what does God look like? Well, I didn't know what to tell him what he looks like. (laughs) I said, but is Jesus and God the same? And I was like, I don't know. I couldn't tell him. I didn't know what to answer to them. Yeah. So um, well, no. I even want to know, what does God look like? I mean, does he look like a nerd? Is he like, <laughs> is he like fat? Is he, you know. Just chilling up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, the, the thing is, when we talk about God, and we're talking about God, the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Before Jesus Christ, we're talking about a being, right? We're all human beings, but right. God is a spiritual being. So we're talking about something that is being itself really God. So it has no gender, right? God has no... Right, 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 exactly. So to say our Father is really limited, but I'm not... But the the response isn't to say our Father and Mother. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard that. Our Father and Mother? Our Father and Mother who are in heaven. Oh, no, they don't. (laughs) I got you. I've heard that. And I'm like, guys, you're kind of missing it altogether. Human language doesn't doesn't adequately give us just like the scriptures i mean some of them some people take them (laughs) two different ways so right which is why of course when it comes to scripture we need a magisterium or Mm. a teaching authority which is the church likewise with with these matters of faith and these matters of knowing who god is especially as a trinity it's important that we have a magisterium a body a teaching body of theologians and bishops that help us understand because uh, it's just really hard to come up with this stuff on your own. <laughs> yeah, <I got laughs> Figure you. it out, and, that, and that's why I tell you, it, it was hard to give my kids the answer to that because I didn't go to church. Yeah, we weren't forced to go to church, and it was it was hard for me to answer. Like I say, and growing up, and then going to church, nobody could give me an answer when we were at church. So it was kind of like very confusing. So well, and it's really sad because we've lost a uh, a lot of our knowledge of the faith over the years and 
there's a hundred reasons we have for this. I don't, you know, I think it's a confluence of all of them, but I, I just think that our mission now is to do the best we can to find really great volunteers, get them in the CC program, get them teaching kids the faith in a way that is easy for them to understand. But also my job, I see it as my job to provide opportunities and outlets for parents and or adults in general to learn their faith more. Uh, we have a program called the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. And if you've ever been a part of it uh, as a sponsor, every Catholic, cradle Catholic says, why is this not for everyone? Right? Because they're learning their faith for the first time on an adult level. And last spring, I tried to offer something like a Faith 101 course just for that reason. And you were there. You you went to a few of them. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I I want to sign up to the other thing you just said. <laughs> RCAA? Yeah. 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 But, but we're going to do something again this fall with adult confirmation students again, doing what I did in the spring, and that's basically running through the catechism to help art, give people the ability to articulate their faith because it is it is hard. Is Jesus God? Well, yeah. Is God Jesus? Well, only the Son, <laughs> right? And so, oh and so this is talking about Trini the Trinity and the relationships between them, which if we can get to today, we will, but I think there's enough to just talk about this right now. Um, so, so I got one, one other question. Okay, go for it. I always hear cradle Catholic. Is that the person that's just been going through church without ever like? Yeah, it's a it's a term that we use. Cradle meaning from the cradle you were Catholic, and so you basically went through the stages of Catholic life. And in this diocese, for the last probably, well, I think Cardinal Donardo made the the rule that teenagers would be confirmed sophomores and junior years. Before I think I got confirmed as a freshman, and then earlier before that it was, it was I think eighth grade. Gotcha. So, you, but basically, people went through these motions uh, to get the, to the sacraments, but what was missing was the actual experience of Christ, right, in their hearts. Like in in their, they were basically checking off boxes to get through a program to get to the sacrament, so that they could one day get married. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was baptized know. just like everyone else. Now, when I went to First Communion, I was 15. I wasn't, I didn't go to, like I say, I went and did it myself. But even then, that was still hard, you know. <laughs> Who's going to give me the guide here? You know? <laughs> He's going to tell me what's yeah, going and on. And then I did my confirmation and, and so forth, you know. But so was, is am I created, am I, I mean, not created, am I uh, considered a cradle Catholic? I mean, basically, yeah, yeah because okay. you so I still did, did it yourself. With, you went you. through these <laughs> motions, right? Converts, because that's the other one, right? You have cradle Catholics and you have converts. And your converts are people that come to the faith, either they were baptized in another denomination or they weren't baptized at all, which is becoming more common, right? So the RCA program really exists for people that are in the latter category, right? Now, my adult confirmation program is for the former. So if you're cradle Catholic and you went and you received First Communion, you maybe had some CCE in your history, then you would come to my adult confirmation class, kind of get caught up. This is also assuming that you probably go to Mass, right, and this kind of thing. I got plenty of wonderful people that do this, and I'm not going to say any names or where they're from, but 
it's really interesting when you find out who's like, yeah, I never finished. And you're like, really? Never? You never finished? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Never would have known. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Let's get you done, you know? Uh, so anyways, uh, we're here to answer questions. And we talked about this idea of God, and, and this is what we're coming back to. Now, there's a question I always ask people, and I ask them in these classes that I have. I'll say, do you think that you need faith? to know that God exists. And I'm not talking about God the Trinity. I'm not talking about Jesus Christ. I'm just talking about God at large, right? Do you think you need faith? And usually people will say yes. They'll say, yeah, you need to have faith to know that God exists. But the kind of faith that comes with the church, right? Not necessarily. There's two meanings to faith, right? I mean, there's like, there's a theological virtue of faith, right? right? And that, that faith is supplied. It's a gift from God. And then there's this kind of human concept of faith of, you know, just trusting, mm-hmm. trusting someone that, exactly. you know, yeah. like I have faith I, in him. Right. Yeah. I have faith. You'll come over, you know, right. whatever, do whatever. So what I'm talking about is just faith in a general sense. Do you need, do you need to trust or can you know, and this is probably better to ask it this way, right? Can you know that God exists through reason alone? All right. Now, the answer is in the catechism. All right. The catechism of the Catholic Church, CCC. You can Google this. CCC number 36 through 38. And I'm going to read to you the paragraph 36 because I think it's actually very interesting in what it says. And we're going to break it down a little bit because it's not... At first, it sounds very black and white, but it's actually not. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. So here's here's paragraph 36. It's my first time right here, too. So <laughs> Yeah, here you are. <laughs> hey, you're reading a paragraph of the Catechism a day, and you'll be done with it in 10 years. Really? That's <laughs> I, it? I think it's pretty long. <laughs> so anyways, uh, here is paragraph 36. Now, it's quoting, I believe, the Vatican I Council, not Vatican II, which was in the 60s. It was in the late 1800s. Here it goes. Our Holy Mother, the Church, holds and teaches that God, the first principle and last end of all things, can be known with certainty from the created world by the natural light of human reason. Without this capacity, man would not be able to welcome God's revelation. Man has this capacity because he is created in the image of God. Okay, right there it says we can know that, you know, the church holds that God exists, that we right. can know this through natural reason alone. I gotcha. Right? Well, this is interesting. Now, I, there's a clear objection to this, and it's going to be in the next paragraph. I gotcha. <laughs> okay, so here's paragraph 37. Now, I might speed read through some of it because it's a little long. In the historical conditions in which he finds himself, that's man, Mm -hmm. however, man experiences many difficulties in coming to know God by the light of reason alone. Though human reason is, strictly speaking, truly capable by its own natural power and light of attaining to a true and certain knowledge of the one personal God who watches over and controls the world by his providence and of the natural law written in our hearts by the creator yet there are many obstacles which prevent reason from the effective and fruitful use of this inborn faculty for the truths that concern the rela- the relations between god and man wholly transcend the visible order of things 
and if they are translated into human action and influence it, they call for self-surrender and abnegation, that is the act of renouncing. The human mind, in its turn, is hampered in the attaining of such truths, not only by the impact of the senses and the imagination, but also by disordered appetites, which are the consequences of original sin. So it happens that men in such matters easily persuade themselves that what they would not like to be true is false or at least doubtful. So going to paragraph 36, this is why man stands in need of being enlightened by God's revelation, not only about those things that exceed his understanding, but also about those religious and moral truths which of themselves are not beyond the grasp of human reason, so that even in the present condition of the human race, they can be known by all men with ease and firm certainty and with no admixture of error. So, in layman's terms. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe you took all that in the first time. Right. But here's what it's basically saying. We understand that looking from a faith perspective going back, we can go, oh, yeah, it's easy to believe that God exists. No problem. Right? However, it's making the main point that because of original sin, our minds aren't necessarily going to tune themselves to the the voice of God. Right? Right. So we the, believe what we believe we're one gonna, day, and yeah. then the next day we can say, oh, no, I don't believe that anymore. Right. So... We're hampered in attaining these truths, not only because of what's happening in our senses, our sense experiences. So, for example, what I see, what I touch, feel, taste, hear. You believe. um, Or just life experiences. Like, one of the big arguments against God is that bad things happen, right? It's not an argument I'm going to get into right now, but when I see something bad happen, I'm going, wait a minute, how could God allow such a thing, right? A personal, providential God. But also disordered by the appetites, right? So how, what does that mean? Well, the appetites are like my passions, my, my lower desires. Uh, we would say the fact that I need to eat, you know, sleep when I'm tired. I need to watch a football game. I, I got to watch football yeah, games. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So these are appetites and they distract us. They they cause us to think of lower or what we can call lesser goods than higher goods. Right, right, right. 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 So I'm spending all my time ingesting, you know, beer and watching football when instead I of eating a salad, and eating a salad and contemplating exactly. the great mysteries of who God is. Right. Or <laughs> right? praying a rosary. Or praying a rosary. Right. So because of all these things, we distract ourselves from really focusing our mind on God. But but the but the truth that we're that the church is really trying to say is look you don't need faith to believe that god exists but it's not unreasonable for a a person to say that god does not exist right right? because because of original sin because of uh, what's going on in the world and in our own experiences we do question and we wonder because it's hard and again you know we lack in ourselves so then that's where the scientists come in, right? Well, not necessarily, yeah. right? Now, now, you will find a lot of scientists that do believe in God because they say, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. How, how could any of this really make sense? And actually part of what are called, um, <laughs> what are called the cosmological arguments, meaning the, the arguments from nature, basically, right, is that people will say, well, look, 
if we're using logic, okay, nothing can create itself, right? I mean, you didn't bring yourself into being. A table can't make itself a table. It needs a creator. All material being, including the universe itself, mm-hmm. has to have something outside of it that can create it, right? And this is what we call God, right? And, and so this is one of the cosmological arguments. I would say that's, I think that's the third one from Thomas Aquinas on contingency, and that's the one I like the most. So I'll get back to that in a second. But the, the idea that the scientists... Now, again, what are they studying, right? If they're studying biology, they're studying... Depending on what kind of science, I guess, right? Right. Well, and that's what, again, like the mathematician is right. a scientist, right? But he's a right. science of the higher ideas of math, mm-hmm. right? But a biologist is studying... It's a hard science. They're studying the the i don't know whatever matter they're studying matter right Right. matter that already exists and now being a biologist is a noble profession it's hard it's i couldn't do it (laughs) um i wouldn't want to do it that's not what i feel called to do right but but we need scientists but this is one of those stay in your lane kind of deals right where like Richard Dawkins, I believe, would be one of those atheists that was a real God denier, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and before him, Christopher Hitchens, right? But with Richard Dawkins, if I recall, uh, I forget exactly what his field was, but he was he was a scientist, right? And I think he was I think he did genetics. I think he was a geneticist, and he would argue that there's no way like that that God exists. But I'm saying it's you're not even in the right lane. Like you're, <laughs> you're studying genetics and you're talking about material causes and material being, and then you're trying to prove that God doesn't exist. It doesn't even make sense. Right. Um, you have to deal with the logical arguments. And the ones that do that are going to be your philosophers, right? And your, your, your primary philosophers are going to be guys like uh, Frederick Nietzsche and Immanuel Kant. And those guys, uh, again... <laughs> I don't speak German. I don't read German. <laughs> These, but I they're intense that. and they're very difficult. But they're they're the guys that will argue that there is no God. That that basically existence, especially with Immanuel Kant, is his philosophy. And I'm sure someone could correct me on this, but basically is that what you experience in the world is is based in your mind. Right. And so the categories, what he calls the categories of the mind, there's all these different categories for where the mind puts stuff. And the only prerequisite for all of this is space and time, that these things have to exist. And then you just go right then. So I'm totally not doing this justice, but that's Immanuel Kant. And he's a modern philosopher. Right. And someone like St. Thomas Aquinas, who's writing in the 1200s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, he's going to be using, he's going to be taking a lot of his philosophy from people like Plato and Aristotle, mostly Aristotle, because these pagan philosophers who were before Christ, almost 400 years, right? They argued that this world is real, <laughs> right? Live in a, right. That's a prerequisite to under to believing. But we have to start somewhere, God. so I don't right. Well, and this is actually a really dense topic, mm-hmm. right? Because. You know, the five ways of St. Thomas Aquinas, we mentioned the one way of contingency already, mm-hmm. require that I believe that the world exists outside of myself. Right. Right? I mean, that sounds ridiculous, right? But there's a lot of people that believe, right, that the whole world is 
their existence is just in their mind, right? And I just live in this world here in my mind, right? They're just passing through. Yeah, and they okay. can't say, and then they're like, oh, I have no free will, no one has free will, it's just this, you're here. It'd be kind of like saying, okay, so we're sitting here doing this podcast, but really this is just all in my mind. Now I can't control this, almost like a dream, right? I can't control you, I can't affect you. You want me to pinch you to make no, sure you're not please in the don't. dream? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but again, you know, it's just a way of arguing for existence that I think ha- holds no water. But what I do believe is true is that this table that we're recording on is real. This microphone is real. It exists outside of myself. And that I can, through the the light of reason, come to understand reality outside of me. Mm -hmm. And it shows me more about who it is by, by experiencing it, right? Right. And so the proofs of God's existence are really deductions, logical deductions to say, this is how I experience the world. This is what happens in the world. And therefore... We can argue, for example, if nothing can create itself, there must be something that created out of nothing and got everything <laughs> right. going, right? And this would be Thomas's, there's an uncreated creator, and this is what we call God. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, it's it a is. Lot to take. <laughs> is that right. what I needed to know to know that there is a God? <laughs> yeah, right. But but see, that's a logical right. reasoning, teasing out of, of, of how one can come to know that there is a God. But what it cannot tell you, right, what, what natural reason cannot tell you is that God is a trinity, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And God himself, right? I mean, like all that needs revelation. And that's the way I look at it too. So now that I've gone to a retreat and I've gotten closer to the faith, for me, it's been like, okay, so there's God. He sent us his example, which is Jesus. And then there's the spirit for everything, right? Right. So I didn't, I didn't never think that way before, but I guess turning to God finally came up recently and following Jesus, his footsteps, like you say, has been a big difference for me. That's all we can pretty much do is follow our example. And and uh, that's why, I mean, how could you like think that there, we just came from nothing? Like, I mean, like, I mean, we did, but how can you say that there were <laughs> some kind of experiment? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I had a great conversation one time with mm-hmm. an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. And she was a young gal, probably 22, 23, and I met her because this was like six years ago. I was driving for Uber. Right. (laughs) Okay. And I was at this bar because a lot of the Uber drivers got together, and this was this guy's girlfriend. And so I'm sitting there getting to know everyone and talking to them, and we start getting into a conversation and it had something to do with politics. I don't remember exactly how, but it had this like ability sometimes. <laughs> it's to probably, poke. probably bad. It's probably bad. <laughs> to poke. <laughs> to poke. Yeah, poke bears. You know, I'm yeah. really, really bad. But so somehow, and I don't think I started this conversation, but right. she did. And and so I was like, well, you know, how are we supposed to treat our fellow human being? Okay. And actually, this has to do with what we would call the moral arguments for God existence. And these are more, well, I don't want to say recent developments, but because you can even find an example of a moral argument in Thomas Aquinas's fourth way, which has to do with gradations, right? Mm-hmm. For example, uh, if I can act in a good manner, is there a, a more good 
Maybe, is there a better? Right. Is there a better? Is there? Mm-hmm. And there's gradations, and you can kind of judge that. So then, if there's these gradations, then perhaps there is a most excellent way. There is a most excellent good, right? And this is what we would call God. He's the most excellent of all this, right? So it's kind of like the questionnaires. Really bad or yeah. really good? On a scale of <laughs> and then one, you go, yeah. <laughs> then you go up and down, right? How much pain are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Point to the smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> if I say eight, do I get more? What kind uh, of face is that? Do I get morphine for that? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a great Brian Regan joke, by the way. <laughs> go look it up. Um, <laughs> happy eight day. Right. So the the. The idea, oh, you threw me off. <laughs> gradations. Okay, so gradations of good. Uh, there must be a most excellent good. This is what we would call God. Well, how do I treat my neighbor if my morality is informed only by myself? Because that would differ from yours. That would differ from the other guy. And so you can't you can't put your morality onto me unless it's rooted in something. What would that be? God. Right. right. So this idea that God is the place, the source of truth. Therefore, you know, how we should treat our neighbor stems from how we believe about God. And you can actually flip that around. How people treat their neighbor is what they believe about God. I got you. Right. I mean, I, I believe that. Okay. So, okay. So getting back to the conversation is we start talking about politics and it gravitates to this. Well, what is good? Right. Right. What is good for human beings to have? What is good for X, Y, Z? And then and then we got into this conversation about that there has to be an objective truth somewhere. Right. And I was saying, well, that objective truth itself is God. Right. And that that's what I call God, this objective truth of what is good and true and beautiful. Those are the three transcendentals, mm-hmm. tr- transcendental properties of God. Well, her argument is, no, <laughs> no, there's got to be. A way that we can have these things without God, and I said no. She said there's got to be a way, so she doesn't know exactly. And that <laughs> is actually where the conversation ends, because I start saying, okay, well, let's talk about creation. So now, getting back to cosmological arguments, not moral arguments, but okay. So I said to her, fine, you were created, right? You were created by your parents, yeah. Okay, were they created by their parents? Yeah, for infinity and beyond. <laughs> I right. Had, I had to. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So I did that. And then, um, and she said, well, you know, it's not so much that we have been existing for infinity, but we just don't know. And I said, okay, well, what do you, what do we not know? She said, well, we don't know what is out there that can create. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I call that God. That, right. <laughs> so, so what it turns out to be the case is that she got, she basically came to a point where she said, I don't know the answer to the question of how creation came to be, but I hope, keyword hope, that one day we'll find out what that is, that one day we will discover the principle of being, right? And right. I just said, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> they it, hope. You hope. But they have no faith. Yeah, well, they have no faith in God. Exactly. They have their faith in man. They have their faith in because everything else. Because she's convinced that the scientists will one day discover that property, that principle, that thing, subatomic particle, whatever it is. It's that in the frozen create. tundra, I think. 
Probably. Well, you yeah. know, this global warming <laughs> thing keeps up. We're all doomed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but the, uh, but it's just like, no, no, it's a logical question, not a scientific, you know, biological question or, or you know, physics question. It's, it's beyond physics, right? Well, we would call it metaphysics, but it's, it's beyond, it's, it's beyond these hard science hot science right 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 right, right. so so i think that really at the end of the day you can know that god exists through reason but i wouldn't blame you if you didn't right but (laughs) having this conversation now it's uh, opened up my thinking more too as well i wasn't thinking that way to tell you the truth all i knew that there was god there's jesus and then there's a spirit but now I have a little more knowledge on it, which I didn't know, you know? Yeah. But um, now I can kind of explain it to my little kid that's not little anymore. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Or she can just listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, well, this has been a wonderful conversation about God. And I think that we definitely enjoy your feedback. We'd love to hear your questions about God. And if you want to hear more about any particular segment of the show. Uh, and I just remembered, we forgot to pray in the beginning. So you want to say a prayer for us at the end of this? Sure, as long as you let me say the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to do it. Okay. All right. So um, All right. in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And then I want to say a Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, do we have an email now? Oh, yeah, we do. AlvinCatholicFaith at gmail.com. Awesome. AlvinCatholicFaith, that's all one word, Yes. at gmail.com. So reach out to us via email, and we'll respond to your questions and perhaps even discuss it on the show. So, again, thank you. And soon I will know which uh, podcasts we're on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know them all yet. (laughs) I don't know. Spotify, Spotify, iTunes. iTunes, Spotify. Probably anywhere you... Yeah, anywhere you can hear them. You hear hear yeah. these things. All right. God bless you guys. Yes, sir. It's been a real pleasure. And after, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs>